Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As is off this afternoon, Bruce Claggett, glad to be with you. You know, here's one. How is BC Ferries going to look into the future to resolve some of the current issues that we've discussed over the course of the summer? Things like, uh, oh, delays and uh, staff not turning up on long weekends, peak period times, although the August long weekend was okay. Uh, Other things like uh, constant breakdowns, which also relate to the former. Well, Rob Shaw is a political correspondent for Czech News. He's also written about this for publications, including Business in Vancouver, and joins us now. Rob, you're no stranger to ferries, both as a columnist and also as a user of BC Ferries. Where do we go from here with what is developing into a bit of a reputation? Yeah, well, I mean, BC Ferries uh, kind of has two things going on at the same time. It's it's hard to sort of keep track of the dichotomy of BC Ferries. On the one hand, on paper, it's bringing in record customers, record passengers, uh, and record profit. It's new and latest financial figures that just came out last week show it uh, has doubled its revenue uh, from this time last year in the first quarter of the year. So, on paper, it looks, you know, uh, like a healthy corporation. In reality, a lot of those numbers don't reflect what we've seen this summer with those breakdowns, uh, with uh, an ongoing labor uh, negotiation to pay its staff more to prevent the sort of labor shortages that we've seen with vessels that need to be replaced uh, and all the different things that BC Ferries has to deal with. So it has uh, kind of juggling both of those at the same time. And then the third thing that it plans on juggling is, this visioning process for the future that will start this fall. The public in in British Columbia is going to be asked to tell BC Ferries what it wants the corporation to look like in decades ahead. So not just now, which is, um, you know, probably for most people, what they'd want now is just a functional service that isn't a mess uh, on the big holiday weekends. But in the future, where should the ships run? How big should they be? Should they be car ships or more uh, walk-on space or you know, what do they look like? Where do they go? What kind of fuel do they use? And that process uh, is going to form what BC Ferries takes to the government next year uh, for what will be a significant ask of money, I think, uh, for sure. Oh, yeah, I find that a little bit surprising. I think most people couldn't care less what the shape of the ship is going to be, if it's going to be white or blue, and uh, what food is going to be served in the galley. What they do care about is, are they going to get onto the boat and get over there in time, and how much are they going to have to pay? Uh, It almost seems to me that they're going into the future with a notion that they are this prime service that's running without a glitch. Uh, well, I think they're pretty, I mean, uh, I attended their annual general meeting last week and th- there were admissions of the obvious, which is that it's uh, BC Ferry's reputation has taken a big hit this summer, that people find the service unreliable, that its wait times are increasing, that its canceled sailings are increasing. 
that it's it's struggling right now. And, you know, B.C. Ferry's argument is it's partly struggling because it's facing a crush of people, more people than ever before. More people use B.C. Ferries in a year than go through Vancouver International Airport, which is one of the largest in North America. So, you know, B.C. Ferries is arguing it needs to, to expand more ships, bigger ships, different types of ships. What do they look like? What, what should they look like in terms of like the ratio to drive on cars versus passengers? pets, you know, how the transit system is incorporated. We have ferry terminals in the middle of nowhere, essentially, in Metro Vancouver and uh, Greater Victoria. We stick people, we tell people to walk on, they have to get out there, then they get on the other side in Sawasan or or uh, Horseshoe Bay and have to navigate a bus system to get anywhere close to mass transit. And why? Why is that? Are there better terminal locations, better types of ferries that could run from the downtown cores? I think BC Ferries is looking at that too, and and uh, that kind of reimagining of what it might look like um, as we move from a car-based system to maybe something better and more in the future. And I, and I think that's kind of what they're hoping to get from people in this consultation. Yeah, Rob, I almost wonder if it's uh, BC Ferries looking for the customers and the base it wants, or the base it's got. And when I say that, I also mean that uh, there are areas of growth, substantial growth on Vancouver Island. I think of mid-island population growth uh, just going up uh, tremendously. And then there are these areas, uh, some of the smaller islands and the so-called minor routes, where they don't have the population base, but they have cuts in service and people that really uh, are not confident in the system. How, do they, how does the corporation square that? Well, you know, it's a delicate balance. The minor routes don't make any money. The major routes do. And so you have to provide service to the minor islands um, that will never be good enough for the Gulf Islands and, and, and the southern, or just the islands off of uh, off of uh, Vancouver Island, like Texada and uh, Quadra and all of those type of islands. We heard from a lot of the ferry advisory chairs in those communities at the AGM saying they need more ships, but they also don't like the terminals, which are ancient the terminals need to be bigger, but not in a way that harms the environment of the island. So they're stuck in a different issue. And on the minor routes, um, you know, the major routes are where the crush of passengers really are uh, in basically, you know, two locations, three if you count the second terminal in Nanaimo, uh, and then two over in Vancouver. And it's just like, it is like any business, but it's but it's kind of unique in the sense that uh, you know, a quarter of BC Ferries money comes from the provincial government and the rest comes from fares for vehicles and passengers and gift shop or kind of on service revenue, you know, buying a white spot burger on the ferry mm-hmm. or choosing. That's where they make their money. And they are limited in how much they can increase their fares because the government doesn't want them to increase their fares. And so the government kind of kicks in money here and there tries to browbeat them a little bit, don't do this, don't do that. They're a private company on paper, a public company in reality. I'm part of the highway system in the real world. And navigating all of those dynamics yeah. is hard. If you ran this as a totally private business, we'd be paying double, you know, the fares for BC Ferries to make it make sense on paper. And but in some places make- around the world, they do, 
which is yeah, surprising yeah. for uh, for an equal service. Rob, I appreciate it. There's so many issues wrapped up in this, and you've highlighted many of them. And it's a good read, by the way. Uh, Business in Vancouver is where I read it, but it's in the other publications too. Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News. Thanks so much, Rob. Okay, take care.